When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Thursday to those who celebrate, if there is such a thing to celebrate. But hey, I mean, I guess here's something to celebrate. You've got Cincinnati sports probably at its all-time high that it's been in probably in the last decade. The Bengals are on the rise. The Reds are on the rise with Ellie De La Cruz. FC Cincinnati is apparently supposed to be really good. Um, and speaking of the Bengals are really good because they have Joe Burrow. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today on the podcast as we compare and contrast him with another one of the quarterbacks out there who's just as good as him. Maybe not as good, but that's what we're going to talk about. Welcome into another Thursday edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nizek here with you to keep the week going. We're almost there. The weekend is almost here. We're going to get there. And before we get there, we want to remind you guys to tell us why you're a Bengals fan. Go to strictlystripes.com, fill out the form that's titled Why I'm a Bengals fan, tell us your story, or you can email us directly at stripes at cleveland.com again that's stripes at cleveland.com uh and i think coming up pretty soon we're, we're getting quite a few responses coming up we're going to definitely uh share them on here maybe even have some of the best responses on this podcast so if you want to have fun put a good answer don't lie though we want authentic authentic responses so make sure you fill that out so uh we talk about joe burrow on thursdays but we're going to talk about joe burrow and Jalen Hurts. Uh, we've talked about Josh Allen. We've talked about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we've briefly talked about Justin Herbert, although I think that's another conversation for another day. But today I wanted to focus on uh, kind of looking at Jalen Hurts, where he can go relative to Burrow and where Burrow can go. I think that's really uh, something that a lot of people are thinking about as we're only really two months away from the preseason. So uh, looking at that, I mean, just jumping into it, I think we agreed last time when we compared Burrow and Mahomes it was pretty one-sided in the sense that Mahomes is just in his own league. Um, so I would think that we would probably agree that Burrow is a step above uh, Hertz in his own league. But the question I have for you guys is how far can Burrow leap into the Mahomes tier and how far can Jalen Hurts leap into the tier Burrow is in right now with Josh Allen? Well, you you know, I mean, you you kind of look at the last, couple of years of of quarterback play across the league I mean there have been some pretty remarkable leaps um obviously those are by younger players I mean you know one of the things you look back at when you you know you talk about great quarterbacks in the league right now uh Josh Allen was actively bad in in 2019 or 2018 excuse me he he was really not that good in 2018 and and it's kind of crazy to think that you know he was remarkably inaccurate um, you know, the Bills weren't uh, a great team like they are now. It just nothing was really going right. Then he went from, you know, actively bad to pretty mediocre. And then he became a super weapon, basically. So, you know, I think if you kind of track Jalen Hurts back, um, you know, to, uh, you know, to kind of the beginning of his career, he he's slowly gotten better just every year. And in 2022 was obviously the peak of that. Um, you know, he, he's just kind of slowly made leaps. I don't know if that is a, 
you know, if that is a leap that you can make just into that tier, just because again, like that tier has kind of separated itself. Like, you know, for, for Burrow to jump into the Mahomes tier, it, it would take a lot. I think he can close the gap for sure. I think an offensive line, you know, getting better, like they, uh, like the Bengals have, you know, kind of done over the last few weeks with their last few months with their improvements. I, I think that that would help. Um, you still have your assortment of weapons. I just, you know, moving up is, is, is kind of one of those things where it, it feels like Hertz is the outlier where it happens all at once or kind of not at all. Um, so I think if you're going to see, uh, you know, a burrow year like that, um, you know, where he can kind of jump into that tier, it would kind of have to be a Josh Allen esque jump. And I, and I just don't know if burrow has the physical abilities to do that, but I think, you know, kind of closing that gap to where, you know, you can say, okay, you know, he is now definitively the second best quarterback in the league. I don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's that crazy. Yeah, I mean, winning helps both of these players uh, get into that stratosphere. I mean, I think anytime you talk about players that take their team to a Super Bowl or a conference championship, uh, you're elevated into that discussion. I mean, if Hertz does that again, that's another sort of data point on, on his resume that he can point to. And I think it's important, um, you know, if they take a huge step back. I think some people like me thought the Eagles had a really e- easy schedule last year. Um, and were, and benefited from that um, and obviously benefited from not playing a quarterback in the uh, NFC championship game. So um, you want to prove that you're not a fluke. I think Burrow did that this year in terms of, um, you know, having a better season, um, you know, leading his team and, you know, right back to one play away from the Super Bowl. So I think if Hertz does that, that helps him. Burrow getting to another Super Bowl, taking out Mahomes on the way helps him. I mean, I don't think you know, stats-wise, I mean, Hurts can you know improve his stats a bit, but I think it's more about about winning than anything else. I totally agree with you there, and I think there's always a good conversation to have with stats. But I mean, you also have to consider they both have very different teams, very different play calling, very different offenses, um, similar but very different play styles. So it really just comes down to the bottom line, which is winning. But Andrew, there's a point you made I wanted to ask you about. So you were saying. Like for, uh, I think it was for Jalen Hurts you mentioned, for him to make a jump like that into the Burrow Allen esque tier, it's kind of an outlier. Like, what do you mean by that? Why do you look at that as an outlier? Repeat that one more time. The You were saying that, like, for Hurts to make a jump into the Burrow category, that I think you mentioned it, it's like an outlier, that it doesn't happen very often. Well, Is that what you so, were no, so implying? No. Wh- so the point that I was kind of making was like, if, if you kind of look at, you know, quarterbacks that have, you know, made you know have kind of jumped into this elite tier of NFL quarterbacking um there has typically been you know uh a player like Patrick Mahomes comes in he obviously didn't play his rookie year and then immediately he's he's a you know he's a superstar and he's an MVP player and you know Lamar Jackson has a really really difficult uh you know rookie season you know there are a lot of questions about his passing and then the next year he wins MVP and and what what my point was there was you know Jalen Hurts kind of if you especially if you track it back to college he, he's never made like a oh my goodness he's amazing now jump like every year he's gotten progressively better uh, his completion percentage has gone up every single year you know his yards per attempt has gone up every single year his uh, yards per game passing has gone up every single year you know when you talk about rushing 
you know, he's still a productive rusher. And, you know, in the last two years, he's averaged like 50 yards a game. And that absolutely should be counted for these guys who, who can run like that. You know, where you're talking about a guy like Joe Burrow, who, you know, I, I don't know how many yards per game he's rushing for, but it's probably like 10. Um, you know, so you're, you're talking about those kind of situations. I'm just, my point was, you know, it, it's really difficult to jump into that tier um, because it's just steady progression, you know, almost never really happens. I think you know, when you look at quarterbacks across the league, after a couple years, you, you kind of more or less are what you are. You can obviously still improve and obviously still regress. But th- those big time leaps, you know, if if you don't have that, you know, I, 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 just, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know how likely it is to just kind of every year close the gap. I, I just it strikes me as, uh, you know, Hertz is kind of being the outlier there. So actually, you were wondering how much Joe Burrow runs per attempt. Uh, he ran for, I think, over 3.6 yards per attempt, uh, according to PFF. Um, it is a little bit skewed because this is also including his playoff stats, by the way. I, I look at playoffs in regular season when I pull up the PFF numbers. Um, but of course, you have to consider sacks as well. So if you take that away, it's probably not 10 yards per, per game, but um, it's close. I guess it's per attempt, but per game anyways. I was just clarifying the stat. See, I can't even do math. That's why I'm a decent journalist, I guess. Got to know some math. In all seriousness, though, jumping back into the discussion. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see that. I, I think it could go either way. Like, you guys make a good point. It just comes down to, like, like Mike kind of just drove it home. Like, how, how much will these guys win and against whom? Like, is Burrow going to get the best of Mahomes in Week 17 next year? Uh, of course, the Eagles and the Bengals don't play, but the Eagles and Chiefs do. So, you know, it's going to be a Super Bowl rematch from last year. So maybe, you know, same thing with Hurts. He gets his revenge there uh, against Mahomes. But, so if, if, if I can jump in, though, real quick, the winning, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it it matters, but I'm not sure it's – I just want to be like – I, I want to clarify. I, I don't think it's the be-all, end-all because Jalen Hurts went 14-1 and as, as a starter last year. And – Let's say Joe Burrow was the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like you just made a trade Ooh. one for one, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Ooh. What record does Joe Burrow go as a starter, and what record does Jalen Hurts go as a starter? So you know that to That's me interesting. Is, that to me is interesting, just because again, like I think so much of this is is obviously talent based. You know, the Bengals went twelve and four with with Burrow, and um, you know the Eagles, like I said, with. Uh, you know, with Hertz went 14 and one. So like two and a half games is, I don't think that, that Jalen Hurts is two and a half games better. Um, I am curious to see kind of what happens. It feels like the Eagles every year murder the draft by just drafting Georgia players. <laughs> but, you know, I am curious what it's happens when, when guys do get more expensive, Jalen Hurts specifically. So I, I don't know. I think winning matters it, it, as it obviously does. That's the, I mean, I mean, that's the most, that's the most basic thing you could ever say, but I just don't think that – I think that there's a lot more to it because, you know, again, you start moving quarterbacks around to different teams, and I I, I think you're going to have a different answer for some of these guys, or at least you would view them a lot differently. So since you brought that scenario up, I'm just going to jump into that. So let's say in a utopic world there is a trade like that, and Joe Burrow is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. What is his record? How What, what, what does he do with the Philadelphia Eagles next season? Same uh, as Hertz, fourteen and one. I mean, I think probably better. Um, you know, like well, for see fourteen and one that that's not going to happen again. Um, you know, the Eagles went fourteen and three. 
Um, you know, not only because not only did they have, you know, one of the best offenses in the league, uh, they had one of the best defenses in the league too. Um, you know, I, I mean, the losses that they had, they, they barely lost to the commanders on Monday night football. Um, you know, they, I remember they had a really close game against the Cowboys. I think that was when Gardner Minshew started. So like, yes. I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, you look at the receiving core and, you know, in Philadelphia and, Kind of feels like Joe Burrow would would do some pretty cool stuff with Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and and Dallas Goddard at tight end and you know a rushing attack that uh, I you know you have um, oh God who did they just sign um, Kenny Gainwell still there uh, Rashad Penny you have Rashad Penny there I like I just I don't know I think Burrow would they got do, DeAndre Swift I mean the the Eagles roster I think from top to bottom one to fifty three is better than the Bengals absolutely. Absolutely. I overall, yeah. But let me ask you this though. I mean, I think yeah, the offensive line by far is better. The Eagles is have the better offensive line. Um, the running back room I think is better too, especially because they got Swift, which was a God, Howie Roseman. He's oh, a genius. Right, that's right. How did I forget that? Yeah, they traded for DeAndre yeah, Swift. Yeah, Swift. Genius of a GM. Nothing against Duke Tobin, who's also his own genius, but the way Roseman mastered that draft, unbelievable. But I mean, who has the better whiteouts? Because I I want to think it's T Higgins it, it, and Jamar it's Cincinnati. Chase. It's, it's Cincinnati, but I mean, it, because I think Tyler Boyd really separates that. Um, but right. you know, again, a, a, a one, two punch of Devonte Smith and, and AJ Brown. That's not, that's not nothing. Like I would still take, that's a lot. I, I still take Jamar over AJ Brown. Um, right. You know, I, I still take T over Devonte, but they're close. I would have to go back and look at, you know, my receiver rankings from that podcast we just did. But, um, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a pretty comparable one, two punch. Is that a comparable one, two punch, Mike? A receiver. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, they both have good rosters, but like, I, like if we're talk, just talking about what the quarter, I mean, like, yeah, I think Burrow would have thrived on Cincinnati. Do you think the Bengals would have thrived with Jalen Hurts? That's another good question. So that's the flip side of that. Um, are you are you like asking me? Or are you asking Andrew? Or I'm like, you just the question anybody? Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, so. you want to go, Andrew? Yeah. I, I don't think so. Um, you know, the Bengals went twelve and four with um, you know with Burrow, and I think I you know obviously the, the you know the the offense changes when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts. If it doesn't, uh, you know, you've got I've got some questions about the play the play callers and the and the guys kind of scheming up the offense. If you have a guy like that, and you're not changing up. Uh, what you do but yeah I mean you just like I'm trying to run through my head and think of some of these games where you you know you needed Joe Burrow to go win a game Um, you know I'm trying to like the the run through games in my head like um hmm the like Hmm. the New Orleans game you know you know the the game that kind of turned around their season like you know I don't know does does Jalen Hurts kind of lead you down the field and kind of um, you know get you into that position where Jamar Chase can break one. Um, you know, do you blow out the Falcons and the Panthers like you do? I, I don't think so. I think um, you know, I think the Bengals would be not considerably worse, but they're a wild card team if Jalen Hurts is their quarterback. I agree with that. I, I definitely think they're a playoff team. Division winning team, I don't know because you no, still yeah, have no. They're, Lamar they're not a division winning team with with Jalen Hurts. That's that's kind of the that's point what I'm saying. Coming. Yeah, I think Baltimore. Yeah, and no, I'm, I'm saying I agree with you. Yeah, if 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 Jalen Hurts were the quarterback of the Bengals, you know, I, the Baltimore Ravens are would be I think 
for me, you know, they would be the team that I'm kind of running to to take to win the division. And and then you're kind of talking oh, about yeah. a battle between the Browns and the Bengals for for the second seed in a wild card spot. I that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, the Steelers are still low hanging fruit at the bottom because you know they they got a first year quarterback at the time. I would say with Kenny Pickett, and even then he's still. He'll make a big leap like we talked about Jimmy yesterday, but not big enough to, you know, hang with Lamar and Jalen and feels weird saying that, but I'm saying in a hypothetical Lamar, Jalen or Deshaun Watson. That's exactly what I think of it. So I guess to answer Mike's question. Yeah, I think they don't do as well, but they do well enough to be a, you know, a playoff bubble team like Andrew said. But when we come back, we're going to actually uh, shift back to reality and uh, look at the numbers uh, as far as betting odds go, because believe it or not, some of those are out. We're going to, and contrast those odds between Bro and Hertz. And we're going to hear from one of the men behind the wall that keeps Bro protected, and that's right guard Alex Kappa, who joins us on the podcast when we return here in a bit. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Joining me is Bengals right guard Alex Kappa, who I'm surprisingly haven't talked to up to this point this offseason. Shame on me for dodging you for this long. I just forgot about it. Yeah, shame on me for the listeners to this. Shame on me. But in all seriousness, Alex, how are you? How has everything been with you this offseason? Very good, man. I'm happy. I'm living. We're having fun working over here. What else do you need? As I say, you know, it's a different chapter for you. You, you finish year one in Cincinnati. You experience being with Frank Pollock and going through the offense and, you know, the journey of last year. And I guess, you know, going into year two, what are some important takeaways that you learned from last year that are going to serve you really well going into year two? I think it's just good to have another year uh, playing with the guys. we got a lot of similar guys and some good added pieces too, but... Uh, a lot of similar guys, so you know how to communicate, how to work together, and uh, you can always grow off of that. You know, it's very different this year because, you know, you have Orlando as your new teammate right by your side. Or, I'm sorry, no, you're a right guard, never mind. But you have him on the line anyway. You know, what's it been like working with him, and how, how different is the offensive line's mindset? As cliche as that sounds, how different is the mindset going into year two? No different mindset. Just always trying to get better, trying to play the best we can, trying to work together. So nothing's different there. It's been great to have him, man. He seems like a great, uh, great player, great teammate, and it's been fun. Yeah. I guess for you, um, you know, for you specifically, you know, I know some guys are more private about this than others, but do you have any specific or unique goals going into next year for 2023? Get better at everything. And then win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's, it's just... You know, those two things, that's a pretty yeah. good year. So it's really, it's just, it's not rocket science. It's just that simple. Just yeah, a championship like- mindset. You're trying to get better at everything, so it's not like I can like some moves say, you know, pick one thing. Like, I want to improve everywhere, so I just work every day to get better. Simple. I mean, what have you seen from other guys, like you know, younger guys like Jackson Carmen, Cordell Volson, you know, even Trey Hill? What have you seen from those guys so far, just with their growth? It's great, dude. We have a really deep room. Um, a lot of good football players on all levels of our line, so um, it's really fun, man. It's great working with all those guys and. Uh, yeah, man, they're doing good. They're doing great. You know, I talked with Cordell, I think, last week or the week before. And, you know, I will probably ask Ted when I talk with him at some point later on in the podcast. But there's a certain, I don't know if aura is the word, but there's something unique about Frank Pollock, just the way he moves, the way he handles his business with you guys. Why is he so unique? And why does he help you so well the way he does? Is it the limp? Is that what you're talking about? Him limping? I don't know. Not that. Not that. But obviously just, you know, good, the, the camaraderie. He's very detail-oriented, and that's what you need as an offensive lineman. Um, it's all about the detail. It's all about working together. And uh, he does a good job of uh, leading us in that way. I guess, you know, 
people say the term Cobb Murray football is cliche, but the way Frank and Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan and Justin Hill and every other coach I didn't mention, just the way that all those guys are so detail-oriented, what is so unique about the way it all just comes together in the end? I mean, I think we generally have good game plans, um, but it's it's really we got good players, man. So their job is just to put us in good situations, and we got good players who know how to make plays. So really up front, we're just trying to set those guys up to do what they do, man. Uh, yeah, I think they do a good job of putting people in position to be successful. You got to know where you're strong and where you're not, and they try to put guys in positions where they will succeed. You know, Duke Tobin was on the Pat McAfee show, I believe, two weeks ago, maybe last week, and he said that if you're playing in the AFC North, it's competitive, it's physical, it's hard-nosed. That includes the blocking, that includes the offensive line. Look at what you guys have, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, a lot of great lines. But what distinguishes you guys, at least from your AFC North competition up front? Uh, I think just the way we work together as a team and as a unit. It's all about... uh, Everyone has good players, man. That's just true. Everyone has good players, and it's all about can you, how can you work together and how can you limit mistakes. And if you do those two things, usually you're pretty good. My last question, Alex, and I know the listeners hearing this are probably sick of it, but I enjoy asking this question to everyone. When you're in your spare time outside of the stadium in Cincinnati, what does Alex Kappa love to do in his free time? What does he like? To, where does he like to go? Right now, I love spending time with the family. I just had a son born almost a month ago. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So that's about all my time right now. Yeah. Um, it's been awesome, man. What, what's his name? Cody. Cody James Kappa. That has a nice ring to it. CJC, Cody James Kappa. Yeah, yeah, I like it. If he ever goes to the NFL one day, he'll, he'll be like kind of like, what is Christian McCaffrey's name? CMC? He'll be CJC instead. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to do that. Dude. Hopefully he'll <laughs> protect him a little bit, you know? Yeah, there you go, man. Never enough time with you, Alex, but really appreciate your time, my brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. All right, thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Had a great, wonderful chat with Alex Kappa, who uh, is a man of few words, but he can definitely uh, be a fun talker once you get him going, just as I did on the chat. So we appreciate Alex's time. Um, And jumping back into reality with the Burrow versus slash Hertz debate, um, we painted out some really interesting scenarios where it's like, oh, what do you do if, you know, Burrow and Hurts switch teams? I think it gives us a better idea of how good each quarterback is and how far they could go. But before we talk about the betting odds on Burrow and Hurts, we want to remind you guys to sign up for our Cincinnati Football Insider Subtext service. But don't hear it from me. Hear it from Mike, who is going to tell you why you are missing out. And I mean missing out if you do not sign up for Cincinnati Football Insider. Yeah, easy to sign up. You just text 513-949-4147 and you can have a 14-day free trial. Uh, text with us, get updates directly uh, to your phone about what's going on in Bengals land. Like we were at practice on Tuesday and we were on the field. Uh, didn't see Tyler Boyd. We texted that. Didn't see DJ Reader. Texted that. Uh, you know, what we saw with the drills, what the, uh, you know, very limited amount of seven on sevens. You're getting those updates right away. Don't have to worry about signing on to Twitter. You can just get them right at your phone. 14 day free trial. Like I said, easy to, uh, you know, discontinue, you know, unsubscribe, just hit, uh, just text stop. Uh, but you won't want to, cause these updates, you know, it's a good way to stay connected and interact with us. Uh, we're doing a fan campaign right now that you can get involved in, um, things like that. We're doing all the time on that subtext. So make sure to sign up, um, and join us and hear right from all three of us, uh, to your phone. 
And guess what? If Joe Mixon somehow says the Bengals are the big dog of the AFC, we're going to send that to you before we even write about it or put it on Twitter. So if you want to be uh, in the know with everything, even in the locker room, like Mike said, make sure you sign up. So jumping back into our discussion on uh, Burrow versus Hertz, we had some really, really weird but interesting talk, talks in the first half of this. And I, I think this is going to be uh, a better shift back to reality. As, uh, as weird as it is to say, even though we're in like the first week of June, DraftKings just dropped some, not all or a lot of, but just some uh, odds for Burrow and Hurts next year. Really, the only one I should say is passing yards. They have Burrow's over-under passing yards at 4,425.5 yards, as for Jalen Hurts. Uh, they have his over-under at uh, 3,750.5 passing yards. So uh, I guess I'll start with you, Andrew. Do you have Burrow with the over-under, and do you have Hurts with the over-under? Yeah, you know, the the Burrow one is um, you know, for me I, I actually lean pretty safely over here. Um, you know, and and obviously his his rookie year he got cut short cuz of injury. Um, you know, there was obviously not as talented an offense around here. Um, then in 2021, he, you know, passes that with pretty pretty significant ease, you know, through for 4600 yards <laughs> um in 16 games. Uh so you, I mean that's a, you know, that's almost a game that you would have you would have cleared that by uh, last year, you know, 4,475 yards. Um, he w- also went over that and he played in 16 games. So to me, you know, you're, you're talking about a number for Burrow, you know, as, um, you know, as you kind of look at this, if he plays in all 17 games, you need him to throw for 260.32 yards. Uh, he has done that in every single year of his three-year career so far. Um, obviously look, I mean, this is a unique situation. You know, what if the Bengals are locked into the two seed going into week 18 and they kind of pull the shoot and say, you know what, you know, Joe, kick your feet up, have some popcorn, watch the game, watch Trevor Simeon handle things like, you know, I, I don't know. You're always kind of running that risk when you bet on overs. Um, but I, I like Joe Burrow as an over, uh, Jalen hurts is interesting. Um, cause that line is is more than he has ever thrown more yards than he has ever thrown for in his career. Um, you know, he's at 3,700. So, you know, I think that that kind of does give you a little bit of a difference in how Vegas kind of sees these guys. Um, you know, you're talking about a, a gap of about 700 yards passing. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty significant now granted, you know, Jalen hurts can make that up on the ground. He rushed for 784 yards in 2021, 760 in 2022, so, you know, there in terms of total yards, Vegas is you would assume I haven't looked at Jalen Hurts' rushing stats. You would assume that they're looking at them pretty similarly. I would actually lean under on Jalen Hurts at 3750 uh and I would go over on Burrow at 4425. Yeah, I I think we're sort of in agreement. I think the Joe Burrow thing is is pretty easy um over just cuz I also think with the run game sort of in sort of I don't know. I don't think it's going to get better. Uh, they're going to rely even more heavily on Burrow. Um, you know, there's also a chance. I think if he played 17 games, he'd easily surpass it. But even with 16, um, he should get it. Uh, Hurts, I'm, I'm with you on the under there. I mean, you're expecting for another career year. He increased his passing yards by about 600 from 21 to 22. But 
I mean, he completed 66 of his passes. You mean maybe there's a sort of a regression of the mean and, you know, comes in somewhere between there. I think he had an awfully good season last year. I think their schedule is going to be more difficult. Teams have more film on them um, and will test them like, you know, Burrow got tested, I think. And so I think that will lead to some, you know, games where he's a little more wobbly and the production's not there. So it'd be hard to attain that number. Uh, Cause you know, he has to do better than he did last year. And I just don't, I think that's going to be hard for him to do. Yeah. I think when you bet, you know, when you look at um, you know, when you look at kind of numbers there in terms of, you know, what a guy has done, obviously that's going to kind of lead to what you think a guy could do. Um, you know, but to me, just like you said, betting, betting on two career years in a row is a little bit yeah. I guess as far as the over under goes for me, I think it's too risky for me. I don't know. Um, I think it's pretty easy for I mean, Burrow because he, he, I mean, his like, it's one thing to bet on an outlier season if you back, think like whatever you know, the line that was have a breakout year that I read like uh, forty four twenty five. Uh, I have a hard time I mean, doing that's it two years in a row. Really, just about what he's thrown for the last two years. So if everything goes his way, better offensive line doesn't have an appendectomy or something weird happen in the off season. And, you know, he's still clicking with all of his receivers and, you know, Irv Smith does well. I think that's an easy one. I mean, it's with, with Hertz, I would think he does. I just would like to see how he works with a new offensive coordinator because obviously Shane Steichen uh, is in Indianapolis now. I know a lot of his Nick Sirianni, but obviously it's still something to consider. And then, you know, new running backs. I, I know it's going to be different with DeAndre Swift versus Miles Sanders, but I would think both of those guys – hit those pretty easily how how far over i don't know but I, i'd say it's at the very least it's close enough at least for burrow because this is already pretty high and i think hurts has a chance to go even higher like we talked about in the first half um i guess really to kind of wrap this up though th- this is the interesting question i wanted to ask earlier that you know i wanted to save for last because we saved the best for last so we talked about oh what would it be like if you know jalen hurts and joe burrow trade places right so what i wonder is what if you know, Joe Burrow leads a game-winning drive in that AFC Championship game, doesn't get sacked on third down, McPherson kicks a game-winner, Bengals go back to the Super Bowl, and it's Hurts versus Burrow. I know it's a big what-if, but I think there's, you know, something to talk about there. Like, how good of a Super Bowl could that have been? Like, Hurts versus Burrow, would that actually have been as exciting as it could have been? Or would it have been a, a repeat of the 2019 Peach Bowl, except it would have favored Hurts versus Burrow? I, I, you know, I think when you look at the game that happened between the Chiefs and the Eagles, um, it was just that game is hard to beat. I mean, I remember the, you know, the ending was was obviously pretty brutal with the, uh, you know, with the defensive holding or pass interference or whatever call that was uh, officially. So, you know, that that kind of left a sour taste in your mouth. But up until that point, that that was kind of shaping up to be, you know, an all time classic ending to a Super Bowl. Uh, it was a really good game. You had two really good teams. You had a big comeback. I would have been hard to beat, um, you know. So I, I think uh, it w- it would have been a fun game. I think, you know, Alex Kappa said late in the year that you know the Bengals were going to uh, you know to try to have him back, and he thought he was going to be back for the Super Bowl. And you know, Jonah Williams, it kind of sounded like the same thing. Um, obviously there would have been that no Leo Collins. Was, so, I mean, one of the best, that would have been interesting. Know, How did, you know, good. the Bengals offensive line, which hadn't played together in a few weeks, come together against an Eagles front and protect Burrow. Uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about the grass. I just think that, um, you know, the Super Bowl that we had was, was pretty hard to beat. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I really can't wait to see them play each other again. I don't know the next time the Eagles or the NFC East are in the rotation to play the Bengals, but I mean, they did play each other their rookie years in 2020, that COVID game in, uh, it was in Philadelphia. Both teams weren't really good at that point. I mean, they both finished with similar records, 4-11 and 1, 4-12. That's when Doug Peterson got ran out of town, which might have been the best thing ever for him and the Eagles. Well, stay with us tomorrow. We're going to have a special podcast edition with Lance Reisland, who we haven't heard from him in over a month. He's been busy with those meddling kids up in Cleveland at Garfield Heights High School. But he finishes, I think today, Thursday, as we're recording this podcast, he finishes uh, school up there in Cleveland. So he's going to be a free man, and we're going to bring him here to start his summer. Uh, but once again, for myself, Andrew and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Catch you Friday.